We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ryan, let's move on to recruiting. Yeah. And so we're getting to this point in the year where Notre Dame is going to start having some kids on campus here in May for unofficials. And then we're now less than a month away from the official visit season coming in. And I think Notre Dame is is really in a good position right now to say, hey, you've got a really strong foundation of a class. You've got an excellent offensive class. Obviously, five-star C.J. Carr, big-time receiver. Receiving class is loaded. I mean, it's pretty much full now. Now it's like, do you want to take another or not? You've got a a top 250 caliber tight end. O-line class has a really good interior guy in Peter Jones, in my opinion. Anthony Knapp, we'll see. I know the coach loves him. Uh, Good top 250 caliber running back. Defensive class is starting to come along, right? Pretty good corner class so far. Uh, defensive line class. You wrote an article today at IrishBreakdown.com about how the offensive defensive line class is emerging, or excuse yep. me, is uh, getting some momentum. Obviously, you got Cole uh, Cole Mullins, who I'm I'm very high on. He's my number one ranked player in the defensive class. Owen Wafels, my number two ranked player in the defense defensive class. Both ranked as top one fifty guys for me. I know you're also very high on, on Owen Wafel. Bryce Young, yep. tons of upside, raw, but tons of upside. And and then of course you've you've kind of kicked off your safety class with a good solid player in Kennedy or Lacker. So you're in a position where it's not an elite class right now, at least because the defense isn't isn't on that level yet. Offense is trending in that direction. You just got how it's going to close. So they're in a position, Ryan, where it's okay if you can build on this foundation, you've got a chance to have a gap closing class. But they're also in a position, Ryan, right now where I'd say they're not in. In, in a strong enough position where I'm going to guarantee that kind of finish. They're also in a position where they could fade on a couple guys and then finish in a class that either a is a lot like, you know, a couple years ago, right? Like last year's class was balanced. It was great. It was a top five class to me. Yeah. Two years ago was a very one side of the ball dominant class, right? The defensive side of the ball was really good, but even there you had a miss at safety, right? Offensive class came up really short numbers mm-hmm. But you had some impact talent. Jadarian Price, I graded as a top 100 player. Tobias Merriweather, I graded as a top 50 player. Uh, he had a pretty good offensive line class. So there was there was some even then there was there were some good players. This class, if they don't finish strong, has a chance to look a lot like that class, 
or there's some really good football players. But you missed here, you missed there, you're short on numbers here, you're short on impact players there. It's going to be all about how they finish. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation today. We're going to do a we're going to talk about five guys with an asterisk. And we'll get to that at the end. Ryan doesn't even know what my asterisk is going to be. Five guys that we look at and say, if Notre Dame is going to have a truly gap closing class, they have to finish with these five guys. And, and you and I are on the same page position wise, but we maybe not, don't don't necessarily have the same individual player. But if Notre Dame is going to finish with a gap closing class, it has to look like this. Right. And. I think we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, Ryan, because it's about with the offense. It's about putting the finishing finishing touches on what's already a big time class, yep. and that makes this pick very easy. the The player on offense that is the the one guy. If I had to say, there's one guy on offense that above all others that you have to get if you're going to have a gap closing class, Ryan. It's an easy one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's it's Gerby Lambert out of Catholic Memorial out there in Massachusetts. Same high school, obviously, as Bubakar Traore that Notre Dame landed in the 2023 class. That's it, man. I mean, this is just a situation, Brian, where I remember we were messaging about this earlier as far as like who, you know, would be my potential top five. This is the only offensive side. This is the only offensive player I included in general because I think that you have a lot more clarity on the offensive side of the football. Like you said, you have a running back commit in Aeneas Williams. You know, you could, you're going to take a second or you're at least you're going to push for a second running back in this class, but you already have that number. You already have a player. You have CJ Carr in this class. You have a three wide receiver class. You have Jack Larson. You have two offensive linemen, but I have some serious questions on if either Peter Jones or Anthony Knapp are true offensive tackles at the next level. So that is the biggest need in this class is you need to find not only an offensive tackle, but you need to find a guy that I think projects to left tackle on the college level. And that's Gerby Lamberts. I mean, you have other really good players on the board offensive tackle, like Grant Bricks, for instance, who I think is a really good football player, but he's more of a right tackle type. Styles Prescott maybe could be a left tackle, but I think Gerby Lambert is the 
easiest projection to being a blindside protector of who's on the board for Notre Dame. I think it's a little bit of a down year as far as offensive tackles in the 2024 class just in general. But Gerby's one of those guys that I look at and I say, that kid with the right development and the right coaching could be a stud, right? He has that type of upside. So I think that Gerby not only is a position of need, it's a position that you have needed more of just in general over the last couple classes. And I think he's the best bet to be in the left tackle potentially in the class for Notre Dame if he lands. And obviously he's going to be on an official early on in June, which will be big for that recruitment, a kid yeah. that hasn't been traveling too much just in general this spring. But I think Notre Dame has a chance to really t- push for a guy like a Gerby Lambert, who they've liked all- for a long time now. And I think he's the clearest left tackle on the board for Notre Dame. And he's a high, I mean, high upside guy, long, athletic. He has all the tools that you want in an offensive lineman. And, and in a year where you're not right now, you don't have a toolsy offensive lineman in the, in the class right now which factors into it as well. I like Peter Jones a lot, but Peter Jones is a, a Tommy Kramer type, you know, like a, a physical, uh, fundamentally sound type of guy that you know, hopefully can stay healthier than Tommy did. But he's that kind of guy more so than a an Aaron Banks with a super high ceiling where if it, the light ever goes on, that guy's going to be a star kind of guy. Yeah. And so you need that. I mean, this is Notre Dame. You need that. Last year's offensive line class, Ryan had a lot of high floor guys, but they at least had that one super high ceiling guy in Charles Jagasaw, even, you know, and we've seen that in other years as well. And, and like 2021 class or 20, excuse me, the, uh, the 2022 class was similar to that. Right. I mean, you, you didn't have, you didn't have that surefire star player, but we've talked about this before. Emil Wagner has that upside. He has that potential. Now he's much bigger gap between his floor and his ceiling, but at least you had Billy Shroud was another guy with a very high ceiling. Wasn't the, the five-star recruit the Jagasaw was, but definitely had that kind of potential and upside. So you're going to need those kind of guys in every class. And in this year's class, if you don't get Gary Lambert, I don't know who that guy's going to be on this offensive line class. Maybe Grant Bricks, you know, but again, can Grant Bricks play left tackle? I don't know the answer to that question right now because we haven't seen him really pass block. So I, you know, I, I can't do it. He's very athletic. He's very physical, but yeah. does he have the – and even if you argued, Ryan, hey, I think he's got the athleticism, then my question would be, does he have the disposition to be a left tackle? Because that's a kid that wants to knock your head off. Yeah, you have to be a little bit more controlled and right. that type of thing at left tackle. Right. I agree. Yeah. I think Grant Briggs could play right tackle at the next level. Yeah. But to your point, I'm not sure he's a left tackle. Right. So maybe he turns into one, but that's a big risk. So I think you in, in Styles Prescott I like, but Styles Prescott is not a guy that I look at as and – and I like him, but – He's not a guy that I look at and say, boy, this guy's going to continue the left tackle tradition that Notre Dame has going on right now. He's just not that kind of prospect to me. Agree. Agree. So it's an an easy one. I'm going to circle back to the offense at the end, Ryan, because I'm going to have my asterisk is going to be an offensive guy. But a lot of this focus, Ryan, is on defense. Yes. Because right now the defensive class, I mean, offense, you're done at wide receiver. You can be done if you want to at tight end. You're done at quarterback. There's They're not done anywhere on defense except maybe corner as far as the needs. I would argue that they're done at corner from a need standpoint. They still want Caleb Beasley. A third one. Right? Yeah. Yep. But needs-wise, you're, you're set. You don't have a single linebacker in the class. You're not full on either inside or outside on the defensive line. You've only got one safety in the class. You need three, minimum three. Yep. Yep. So there's a lot more needs here, Ryan. And so this is the side of the ball that ultimately, big picture wise, like if you come short on the offensive line, it's disappointing. 
but it's also a bad year offensive line and you can make excuses for it. And the rest of the offensive class is still really good. If you come up short on some, if you get some of these misses on the defensive side of the ball, you're talking about this class just isn't good enough. And that's kind of where they are right now if they don't close. And when we talk about the biggest must get on defense and the, in the area, the, the, the guy that they have to go to Ryan, it's right down the street from me. And (laughs) it's a no, it's a no brainer. About, about an hour and a half away, man, That's Mr. Right. Justin Scott, St. Ignatius, obviously a prestigious Catholic uh, Catholic institution in the city of Chicago. We talk about this all the time, obviously mostly joking, but being also very serious about this is that he is a five-star defensive tackle, an hour and a half away, a young man that wanted a Notre Dame offer for a long time. Now he has become a priority for Notre Dame. Unfortunately, there are other schools that are involved. You talked about him taking a trip down to Miami. You talk about schools like Michigan, obviously, still pushing hard for him. Even USC was a team that has been pushing hard for him. I just, this is one, Brian, where we've talked about this, man. I don't want to have to rehash it as much, but it's it's inexcusable not to get Justin Scott in the class if you're Notre Dame. You have to land this type of player. One, because he's right in your backyard. Two, he's a five-star level talent. Not just the five-star on the rankings, right? Like a five-star level talent. That, that ranking is legitimate, in my opinion. And number three is that you are in a position, if you're Notre Dame, where you need to continue adding playmaking size on the interior for the defensive line. You need that. And this is a situation where Justin Scott is a clear no-brainer in this class. You have to get him. You have to get him. If you can't, then it is a massive miss for this defensive line class, massive miss for the coaching staff for Notre Dame. You have to get Justin Scott in this class. And, and Ryan, we just talked about the offensive side of the ball. If you miss out on Gearby Lambert and you go out and get Styles Prescott and Grant Bricks, you're like, you know what? That's a miss, but you got two good football players. The, the If they don't get him, who's the guy next guy? The only other interior guy on the board right now is Sean Civiliano, and I'm I'm sorry, I just I don't I don't see it with him. I mean, that's a big drop-off, big drop-off. Yes. yes. So it puts even more pressure on them to, to, to land him. And look, if you can't land a big-time defensive tackle from Chicago who yes. goes to a very good private school, yep. then you know, you've got to really rethink what you're doing here when it comes to who you have recruiting the defensive line for you. This is huge for Al Washington. Get this one done, and, and it takes a lot of the pressure off of him. Yep. Miss on this one, and we're having it. We have to have a very serious heart to heart conversation about who's coaching your defensive line moving forward. That's how important it is to me. But we're not done on the off defensive line, Ryan. Uh, you know, no. look, I, I like what they've done so far. I'm very high on Cole Mullins. Bryce Young is a, is a very low floor, high ceiling guy with a lot of tools. You mentioned in your article today, Ryan, it's not out of the question. And this could be their saving grace. It's not if they do miss on Justin Scott. It's not out of the question that Bryce Young's not going to keep growing a lot and eventually end up Ben side. And now he's yeah. your second interior player in this class. It's possible. But if that's going to happen, then you're going to need to really finish strong on defense on the, at the defensive end position. Uh, but right now we project him as a field end. He's a you know three and a half star kid on my board, four and a half star upside, not quite five star upside yet, but I, I expect him to be by the time his senior season's over with. Cole Mullins is a guy I'm very high on. It's a good start, but that's not a gap closing class, in my opinion. Because I like Cole Mullins more than most. I have him as a top 150 guy, but you're not gap closing on people if your best guy's a 150 guy. You're just right. not. Right. And so Viper's another position, Ryan. Now here's the good news. They have about three really 
really good football players on the board yes. right now. But Viper is another position where they have to really hit a home run, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and fortunately for Notre Dame, two of the kids that we're going to talk about are going to be visiting in June. We already talked about Elijah Rushing out of South Point Catholic in Tucson, Arizona. He will be here for the 9th through 11th weekend. We I know that Malachi Williams will also be making a visit during that month. That, that date is still not completely cemented, but it is in the works. So that is a conversation piece that we'll be having in the future. And then Logan Thomas is a kid that was on – he was on campus just this past month. A guy that Notre Dame feels like they're in very good position with. We feel like they are two visits set up over the yeah. next month, right? Yeah, He'll be here so at far. one point in May, and then also coming back. Was it the second weekend of June? For I think it was the ninth through ninth through the eleventh, I believe. I it think was. so. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, he's yeah. supposed to be back that second weekend. And, and the great thing about these three players, Brian, is they all have one thing very much in common. They're all incredibly long and athletic. <laughs> they have those things that are in common, man. I mean. Look, at this point, we're talking about Elijah Rushing as a potentially elite recruits for whoever lands him in 2024. 6'5 plus, 240 pounds, explosive, athletic. A lot of not not quite as good as Keon was in 2023, but he has similar qualities that yeah. made Keon Keeley such a talented football. He, he's player. not quite as explosive as Keon was. Yeah. But he's he's very fluid, very nuanced. He yep. he knows how to yes, you're you're that's a good very that's productive. a good very good observation there, Ryan. I think Elijah's a five-star. Have him graded as a five-star. I have Elijah yeah. in that sort of 15 to 25 national range Very where Keon player. was number one, yes. like overall. Yeah. Just a right? slight difference, yeah. Right. Slight, I mean, it's yeah. it, it, It's different, right? Yeah. And, and, but it's kind of like – but he's still a big-time needle mover for Notre Dame and a heck of a football player. And I'll say this too. I do like the fact that I believe Elijah rushing with his frame has some positional flexibility. It's yeah. not a given he's going to have to stay at Viper his whole career. And, and, and to the point of – and what that means is if you get him and Cole Mullins in the class, I think you could also justify that you should still take another of Malachi or Logan because they're more pure Vipers, in my opinion, especially Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is the most pure Viper on the board right now yeah. because he, he can drop into coverage. He can run a – he can take a wheel route. I mean, he, he fits what – You'll see him playing off ball, Ryan, and just like blitzing from different position. He doesn't play off ball like he's, you know, read and react flow and run the football, but he'll he'll yeah. play off ball and move around as a blitzer and blitz from different places and playing space and things like that is what I'm referring to. He's the most pure viper they have. So yes. to me, that's the thing I like is and even Malachi, Ryan, it would not shock me if he someday is so is big enough to be able to play field in. The point being, to me, you need to get one of them. It's a must get that you get one of them, but yep. if you really want to close and, and it's, it's rushing and then Malachi Logan are kind of in that, you know, I think Logan to me, says higher floor. Malachi has a high, the, arguably the highest ceiling of any defensive lineman we've talked about, including Justin Scott okay. on this list. But to me, if you're Notre Dame, you got to shoot for two of them. And I, and they are, they're trying to get two of those three guys right now is their goal. Uh, they're not, even if Elijah rushing called and committed tomorrow, my understanding is they'd still, recruit the other two in hopes of getting one more and Elijah rushing is the kid that has is there I mean this is a no-brainer Ryan I don't care who you sign you keep He's recruiting Elijah rushing in. right you got a spot built in you figure Elijah it out Rushing. you figure yeah. it out yeah. so uh, you know you really want to close the gap Ryan you you, you got to get two you get two of them now to me to meet your needs one and if they get Justin Scott in one of those DNs and it's let's say it's Logan Thomas or Malachi Williams the guys that are lower ranked 
that's a heck of a D-line class. That is a gap-closing class. There's no yes. doubt about it. Especially if you can develop them, especially if you can develop. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You really want to take that leap? So, But here's the thing. Do you want to close the gap by this much, Ryan, or do you want to close the gap by this much, right? Do that To do that, get two of them. And I don't care which two it is. I really don't. Now, I, I like Elijah Rushing because I, lo- I love the – he, the reason he's my top Viper on the board, Ryan, and arguably my best defensive lineman on the board, although Justin Scott's the most important. Justin Scott's obviously plays a different position, but the floor right now is higher for Elijah Rushing than it is for for even for Justin Scott, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's what makes him such a big time prospect is he is a guy that I think you can come in and expect within his first year or two at the latest that he's going to be able able to be in your rotation. I mean, and I look at him as a he's a rotation guy, as a freshman rotation is up big time as a sophomore by junior he's your dude right I mean at the very latest and to me that's the thing I like about Elijah is that combination of ceiling the ceiling is there right but the floor is there too and Notre Dame has not gotten a lot of high floor guys in recent years the thing I like about what they've done so far is I think they have a couple guys with pretty high floors as well I think Cole Mullins has a pretty high floor especially when you consider he's just a junior and I think Owen Wafel has a very high floor in my opinion. Agree. So if you can get a third, and last year's class was all ceiling. I mean, all ceiling, right? And if you can get three guys that have that kind of floor, in my opinion, I think Justin Scott has a very high floor just because of his town alone. He doesn't have to have great technique as a freshman. He's 6'5", 310 pounds, and he's athletic. You know, you can get by on certain things. That's also factors into the floor. Now, all of a sudden, that's how you balance a really high floor class with high ceilings, with last year and the year before, because the last two years, Ryan, have been incredibly low floor, high ceiling classes. Tyson Ford, Aiden Byron. now you look at Joshua Burnham uh, as being part of that class, Drew Telemaca, not a lot of high floor guys in that class. Incredible ceilings. Last year's class, incredible ceilings. This year's class, if you get the players we talked about, we're on par with past classes from ceiling standpoint, but the biggest difference is there's a lot higher floors in this class and that is really important that's the biggest difference between what georgia does and what notre dame is doing notre dame is recruiting guys that if they all pan out they're going to have an elite top five defensive line but because there's so many low floor high ceiling guys your odds of most of those guys panning out are not nearly as good as what you see at georgia where they're both they're ceiling and floor guys and that's why you feel better about where Georgia is, significantly better about where Georgia is compared to Notre Dame because it's that floor plus ceiling. Bubakar could end up being as good as anybody Georgia has in their roster right now. But he could also never start a game at Notre Dame. That's the difference. Armel Mukum, Ryan, you think could be as good as any of those guys. You, I know you think he's he your like number an SEC. one. He looks right. like an SEC defensive lineman. Right. He does, 100%. Right. Yeah. But he's not there right now, and he's 100%. got a, a ways to go. And that's yep. the difference, right? And that's where that's where I love about the idea of a rushing, a Scott, a Cole Mullins, a Owen Wafel, all being in the same class, is you're talking about really high floors as well. Does that mean I'm turning down Malachi Wimps? Heck no. Right. Same with Logan Thomas. It's just that's what makes rushing so different to me is yep. I feel like there's a much higher floor along with him. Same with Justin Scott, and same with Owen Wafel, same with Cole Mullins. And so that's what excites me about the potential. Now, are they going to be able to do that? It's a big question. Right. Got a lot of closing to do with Justin Scott. You have a lot of closing to do with Malachi Williams. I, the guy that I feel that right now they're in the best shape in right now is Logan Thomas easily. Like yeah. I think Notre Dame's a team to beat for him right now. 
uh, our sources at Notre Dame and, and uh, around, around the Notre Dame program still feel good about where Justin Scott is. We'll see, you know, how that goes. We'll, we'll have a better idea this June. If he doesn't get back on campus in the first two to three weekends of June, then, uh, you know, I don't care what you tell me, right? I, I No, it, he may not use an official visit to Notre Dame. Well, if he doesn't get back on campus in June, then, then, then he's just giving lip service to Notre Dame. That's yeah. the way I look at it. You've got to get him back on campus. If you don't, I just I don't I don't see how that one cl- works in your advantage, and and but I'll say the guy that I'm feeling a lot better about now than I did three weeks ago. There's still a lot of work to be done. Is Elijah rushing? I mean, yep. I'm hearing I'm, from both sides. I'm hearing a lot more movement uh, in regard to Notre Dame is in a much better shot now. Are they the leader that I think some people project that have project them to be? I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. But Notre Dame is back in the game with Elijah rushing and to where you're actually in a point now, Ryan, if you can really crush that visit or knock that visit out of the park, and it's a very appropriate usage right now, if you can just hit that grand slam with him in this visit, now you could come out of this sucker and win it in the end. Whereas a month ago, I'd have said that's nonsense. There's no way. There's no way they're going to be able to get that kid in the class. They got a puncher's chance now, Ryan. Because, I mean, you haven't had that kid on campus in over a year at this point, right? And Elijah rushing. Like, that's right. the situation you're in. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why this, that's why they felt like there was stagnation for a long time. I think the other key point, too, though, Brian, is that you already talked about the 2023 class was very low floor, high ceiling. So you need a little bit more of the high floor combination with this class. You also didn't get a true Viper in the 2023 class. And that's the three players you just talked about. Rushing, although can be probably a field end at some point is a Viper early on in his career. Malachi Williams is all of 6'5", 228 pounds with very long arms. Logan Thomas was a guy that you saw listed between 6'3 and 6'4", but then we saw videos of him and we're like, oh, he may have had a little bit of growth spurt. He Dude's looks long, longer man. than I thought. Good Lord, yes. yeah. Yeah, so all three of those players, I think you look at and say, they are a necessity in this class, getting at least two of them, potentially, hopefully, because they are guys that are meet a position need that you just didn't, weren't able to get in 2023. That was one of the big misses last year was that you didn't get a true Viper. You got some really talented players, really good four-man class as far as upside is concerned, but you didn't get a guy that's a true Viper in that class. Stay on defense, Ryan, and, and this is a this is an interesting one for me. So obviously Notre Dame doesn't have a linebacker in this class. But you have um, uh, you have a linebacker as one of your must gets for Notre Dame gap closing class. Let's just dive into it. I'll let you kick it yeah. off, Ryan. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the Notre Dame roster that it's currently currently constructed, I think you have a lot of really talented linebackers. But obviously, Prince Kali leaves. You know, there's a little bit of a numbers thing now, right? You want to kind of really be able to bring in a couple guys in the 2023 class or 2024 class. Excuse me. That can meet the numbers for one. And I also think, Brian, like the one position that I think Notre Dame needs more of in this class is a true Mike at the next level. I think you're seeing Drake Bowen. Looks like he could potentially be that guy long term. But after the season, possibility that J.D. Bertrand is no longer there. So you're really going to need to replenish the talents at linebacker in general at the Mike position. And honestly, Right now, with how the linebacker recruiting is in 2024, where there's just so many question marks, a lot more questions than answers, the guy that has the easiest answer for me on the board is Kingston Villamuasa out of Bellflower, California, St. John Bosco. 
I believe that Kingston is one of the absolute best linebackers in the 2024 class in a year that I would say is not the greatest linebacker year of all time. A highly religious young man playing at one of the best programs in all of high school football brings a 6'3", 230-pound frame to the table immediately, has upside, he has name recognition, he has the rankings. He really has everything you want. High character, academic kid, religious, comes from a great program, knows what winning looks like. I think that he's a must-get for me just because linebacker is such a question mark in 2024, and I just think he's a really good football player and one of the surest things on the linebacker board in 2024. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I don't disagree with anything you just said about Kingston. I, I think he's a very, very, he, especially when you look at it from a recruiting ranking standpoint, because he is a top 100 guy. It, it adds value to it. The only thing I would say, I'd, I'd make two two comments, and I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, Ryan. Number one is I would put I would put Chris Cole on this list sort of as an or, Kingston or. And if we're going to talk about what would be a gap-closing class, period, it's it's got to have those two guys in it, in my opinion. They're, they're a step above because Kingston is the better player by, right now. Chris yeah. Cole has the highest fl- ceiling of anybody on their board right now. Agree. And the reason I would say him too is because I do think this is a year where for two reasons, and a lot of what you just said, you you did sign two pretty darn good linebacker classes in a row. You did. And there's not a guy on that list that right now Notre Dame is like, gee, I don't know if that guy's gonna be is as good as we thought. I mean, right now their thought is we hit on both of them. And you've even been able to move some of those linebackers to other positions to help you out, right? And what we saw from the three freshmen was, was pretty good. I think also because Notre Dame is moving to a, an offense where you're going to see them playing a lot more nickel, there's not that need for a third linebacker that's going to play 70 snaps a game like there was sure. in the past. So the numbers are there, but I'm 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 more willing and, and okay taking high-ceiling guys in this class. And this is why uh, – take a guy like Teddy Rezac, for example. He's not a, He's not a must-get. I'm just making it a point here. There have been other years where I probably would have had a little bit more problem taking him. 
because the numbers were such and the in the previous year's linebacker recruiting was such that you couldn't afford to miss a linebacker. You had to get a kid that you that you talk to play. You had to err on the side of the floor. I don't I don't think they need to do that in this class for two reasons. One is because of what you've done. And number two, the other point you said, right, this is not a very good linebacker class nationally. It's really it's not. not. No. And and so I'm okay taking flyers on a Chris Cole type of kid. Now I think Chris Cole's ranking is absurd. Really like to is, me, man. he's a top 150 kid. So it's not like you know he's a some some you know kid that you never heard of that you're hoping can pan out. That's more what Teddy Rezac is. Never heard of him, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, he's got some tools. Let's see if he can pan out. I'm okay taking him in this year's class. Same with Chris Cole. I, I would argue that you take a guy like Chris Cole because the upside is such that boy, this guy could end up being a really good player. And then of course you, with Kingston, it, it is that floor. And I also think Kingston brings a different style of play that you didn't have in any of last year's linebackers. So I do like that complementary nature that he brings to the table a little bit as well uh, as the two inside guys. So th- those two guys, to me, you get either one of those, I-, I-, I can say, okay, I can live with this linebacker class. It's not going to be great, but I can live with it because at least you got one potential difference maker. If and you, you want to get a get gap both. closing, <laughs> there you go. If you want to yeah. get a gap closing class, you need both of them, in my yep. opinion. And right now, I think they have a better shot with Kingston than they than they do with um, with uh, Chris Cole. But I think they're in the game for both of them. Yep. I do agree. So well, we, well, we, we have a we have a lot more of a comprehensive understanding of where Kingston lies in this recruiting process, yeah. right? Because the one thing is, Chris Cole is a little bit of a late bloomer to the recruiting process. You know, over the last right. few months, you're seeing the Georges, the Tennessees, the Penn States, the Notre Dames, like all those teams really start to push for him. For Kingston, I mean, he's been getting offers since he was a freshman in high school, right? Like, there's this has been a long process for him, and you already know that his top three is Notre Dame, Ohio State, and USC. And I would say that Notre Dame, Ohio State have kind of separated themselves in that top three, in my opinion. I think this mm-hmm. is a clear Notre Dame, Ohio State battle. It honestly could go either way right now. I think Notre Dame is a good spot. I think Ohio State's in a good spot. I think that these final visits are going to be massive to determining this one. I really think yeah. it is. So I think there's just a lot more clarity because we've known about Kingston for a lot longer, and he hasn't been a guy that's just recently blown up on the recruiting trail. Like, again, Kingston was getting offers since he was a freshman in high school. Right. Not a new new situation for him. Chris right. Cole, it's a little bit of a different uh, oddity, I guess, is a good way to put it. He's a very mature kid. I've, I've, I've learned, Ryan, Kingston, talking about Kingston. Oh, yes, and I think is. that makes him a real. He would make him a really good fit at Notre Dame. We'll just they just got to close. That's going to be the key. Can they close on him? And uh, they're out to see him today. Obviously, yep. they got multiple coaches out to his high school. Anyway, out to see his high school today. So they're going to have to close. It's not going to be. Look, I think right now Notre Dame's a leader, but it's like by this much over Ohio State. This much, and the visits are going to the visits are going to be the deal. That's you got to close. You got you got to be able to close. And then last but not least, Ryan. I mean, and this is one where honestly, there's not just one guy on it. I mean, because you know, but but we'll we'll go with it. And obviously, you need to get at least one potential impact safety. I don't know if there's a high floor, high ceiling combo guy on the board right now. I, I don't. I think all the guys are high ceiling guys. That's where you are. It is what it is. But the the discouraging thing for me is the margin for error for them at safety is small because. You can afford to take some shots at linebacker, and if you miss, that ah, is what it is because you've done so well in past years. You can't afford that at safety. And that's probably the position I'm the most concerned about right now of all positions at Notre Dame when it, from a recruiting standpoint. 
Because yeah. if they miss it on offensive line, it's like, yeah, but the last couple were good. It wasn't a really good year nationally, and they're loaded for prospects that they're in on for next year. But safety, Ryan, it's just it's just a mess. It's just a mess all around. And right now, even the guys that I think Notre Dame is in a good place for, I'm not willing to say right now for sure they're going to get those guys. Right. So, but I mean, getting getting a safety or two is is really where it. it, it I mean. It's problematic, but you've got to get one. So if you're going to talk about having a class that forget the recruiting ranking standpoint, just that you and I always say it's about balance. It's about finding, you know, spreading it around, make sure you're getting impact players all over. This is the position right now. I'm probably most concerned about yeah. um, them getting their guys. So let's talk about that position, Ryan, and, and who would be the musket or two guy that, um, that you're going to look at there. Well, I think it's a couple of the longer guys on the on the board for me right now. I think that when you look at it, the guy that you have felt like you're in a solid spot for the longest probably is Davis Andrews. Obviously, the safety out of out of a uh, Union Fork, excuse me, Utah, who is American Fork. American Fork. I'm sorry, American Fork, Utah, and he is a six two, 190 pound safety who. You look at it and say that kid could potentially do a couple different things for you, right? Like he could play a little bit from depth. He could come down, rotate down. He might even be a rover long term. You never know with how his body might develop. He's been a guy that Notre Dame is in a pretty good spot with for a long time. But the issue is, Brian, is that I kind of thought this one would be wrapped up at you know by this time, right? Like now he's talking about, and I put an update on yesterday, and there's an article at IrishBreakdown.com that. He has set an official to Notre Dame next month, but he also has officials to Utah and UCLA so far. And I'm sure there will be one or two added to that list at some point. So Davis Andrews is a big player on the board. Dewan Lane, again, like this is one where Notre Dame has gotten some momentum there, but it's going to be a it's going to be one of those ones where you have to battle to the absolute end if you have a realistic chance with a guy like Dewan Lane. But if you were able to get one or both of those guys out with Kenny Urlacher. I would feel a lot better about this class. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, now we're now we're cooking with grease a little bit, right? So I really think that just getting it, at least one impact safety in this class is paramount. I think those guys are the closest things to impact safeties. If you get one of those at least, then I think you could say, now we're going to really, really focus on the Paul Menkes of the world, who I think is a good right. football player. I like Paul Menke a lot, yeah. actually. Oliver yeah. Miles is a is a toolsy developmental guy that maybe he's the third safety in this class, but the – Regardless, though, I think that it would not be – it's definitely not a gap-closing class. There's no doubt if you – so no. let's say there's a situation where you have Kennedy Urlacher, Paul Menke, and Oliver Miles as your top three, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that happens. That's a big miss, right? I think Davis Andrews or Dewan Lane need to be in this class for this to move the needle even slightly. It's still not a fully gap-closing class, but at least you got a number – and you had some potential difference makers at the top along with some developmental potential. So I think yeah. Davis Andrews, DeWan Lane, you need to get one of them in my estimation. And I don't know that they're going to get either one of them. That's the thing. Like you said, Davis Andrews, I think they probably have the best shot at. But, I mean, here's the thing. He's seen all the schools he wants to go to. He's yes, yes. considering. Yep. If he saw them and Notre Dame was the no-brainer, we're gonna. I want to go Notre Dame. He he would have committed Notre Dame by now. I think so too, right? It, it's he doesn't yet know that even it, you could say okay, maybe Notre Dame's number one on his list right now, but it's it's close enough to where he wants to see all these schools again for official yep. visits. That's concerning for me. There's clearly something that's keeping 
Notre Dame from being able to close on these guys. I mean, they can offer playing time. They can, I mean, there's nothing Notre Dame can't offer right now, and they're just not able to close. Should be and an easy sell at safety right it now. It should, should be, be a easy. super easy sell right now, but it's not. Yeah. For guys that should be easy sells. I mean, you've talked to Davis Andrews a bunch. That should be a no-brainer Notre Dame kid. Dewan Lane should be a no-brainer Notre Dame kid. Jalen McClain, I don't fault him for because he has interest beyond just you know, football and academics. That's fine. It's no, no, it is what it is. But there's this guy's you look at and say, man, you know, like Marquis Gallegos, you're getting out recruited by Michigan right now for him. I mean, you just, you just are. So you look and say, I don't know who they're going to take at safety. I mean, if you get Paul Menke and Oliver Miles to finish off this class, you're, you're talking about two projects in there with Kennedy Erlacher and, and Oliver Miles. Oliver Miles is the safety version of last year's defensive line. Right. I mean, he could end up being really good. He's tall. He's long. He's fast. He's athletic. He's explosive, but he's a low floor, high ceiling guy. And you don't know which is going to pan out. Right. Paul Menke's a good football player. He's not, in my opinion, as good as the two guys we just talked about. So it's a solid safety class. But to me, that's not a gap closing class. That's a gap widening class, in my opinion, from the top schools. Yeah. If you don't get one of Davis Andrews or Dewan Lane or Jalen McClain, who again we don't anticipate them getting, oh yeah, it's a, it, if, if they can right. land a Jalen McClain, it's a completely different conversation. Right, different but conversation. right now yeah. I wouldn't. I would predict right now. I would say Notre Dame is probably the leader for only one of those guys, and it's a very tedious lead. Would you agree with that, Ryan? I'm referring yeah. to Davis Andrews, and you would even be able to know if I'm even wrong on that one. I don't even think it's a. Is it a? Would you agree with that? They're probably his leader I, right I, now. I think Notre Dame is the leader, but I, I do think that there's some pull for Davis to maybe stay out West. I think that might be a little bit of a pull because you're seeing yeah. one of the other schools that are in the mix, Brian, I mentioned, right? The two official visits that he has scheduled at this point are also UCLA and Utah. And yeah. his faith is important to him, right? He's right. Mormon. He's a guy that also might take a mission at some point. Right. Like that might be in the conversation. So I, I just think there's a little bit of a cloudy situation there. But I do think Notre Dame's the leader for Davis Andrews. I do. So it's a it's tedious at this point in time, Ryan. Yeah. I'm gonna throw a sec, an, an extra guy in there. This is my asterisk because I wouldn't count it as a top five, but I really feel like because the, the because there's some other positions that are just greater needs. Yeah. But to me, there's a guy out there that if they can land this guy, it says a lot about where the program is heading. And also, I do think he's a lot more important than maybe we're, we're talking about because of what's happening on the current roster and what I think is going to happen over the next year. And that's Kedron Young. Uh, he's a must-get for me, honestly. Now, if they get Anthony Carey or, or guys like that, that, I'm fine. Those are good football players. But Kedron Young, to me, is on my list because he has something that I just feel like a lot of the other backs don't have. And I would include the current roster of backs don't have. It's that combination of size, power, and speed. He's kind of got, he's a bit of a combination of Audric Estime and Jadarian Price to me. Like, that's what I see. He's got that home run speed. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Jadarian, but he's got the home run ability that Jadarian brought to the table. He's not as big as Audric, but he's big and he's physical. And he runs a similar, he plays a similar style. To me, that's the kind of kid, if you can get him and beat those Texas schools for him, he's a guy that some are now putting up in the top 100 rankings. Don't care about that, but perception wise, it matters. But if you can dip into Texas for a kid like that, 
that you had no previous relationship with from, you know, being at a Texas school, like with Chansey last year with the Texas kids. Yeah. That shows me that this offensive staff is, is, um, and it's a public school, right? I mean, that matters to me uh, as far as what it means. It's like, wow, that's impressive. He's the kind of kid, Ryan, that it fills a big need because I don't know if there's that power back, that next power back in the class or on the roster after Audric is gone. And I don't know that Audric's going to be back in 2024. Yeah. And and um, he, he's a really talented kid, really talented kid. So yeah. there's just there's a lot need, fit, what it would mean about this offensive staff. All of that makes him a boy. That guy would be a that would be a big time, a big time guy, in my opinion. And just for the 2024 perspective, he would also be a fantastic compliment to Aeneas Williams. Like they would oh, they would yeah. mesh very well together, in my opinion, because yeah. they are very different football players. Kedron is the 220-pound hammer that once he gets into the open, you're like, oh, he can run a little bit faster than maybe we anticipated. Aeneas Williams is much more the going to get him involved in the passing game, going to run a little bit outside inside zone, going to throw him some screens. You're going to do that type of stuff. So I think the combination makes a whole lot of sense. I agree with you. After Audrey Gestime is gone, your biggest back on the roster becomes Jadarian Price, at least until – uh, Jeremiah Love grows into his frame a little bit, most likely, right? So, I mean, yeah, th- th- there is a situation where I think you do need a little bit more size at the running back position moving forward to add to the home run potential that you have in that backfield. I mean, Jadari Price has home run potential. Jeremiah Love has home run potential. I think Jabron Pate even has a little bit of that twitch where you say, like, he can create some explosive plays. But you don't really have that bell cow looking back. And I think someone in the chat just said that Audrick Estimate looks like a Alabama back running back, right? Like he looks like that SEC Kedron Young, excuse me. I, I, I think I didn't say Kedron Young, but Kedron Young is that type of running back. And again, outside of the impact of just having his style of play on this roster too, Brian getting into Texas consistently, man. Like that's the it's thing that huge. we keep talking about. It's huge. I mean, you had four in 2023, you have one in 2024 already with, with, uh, with, um, with Leonard Moore. You can also I expect them to be up to two by the end of the summer, yeah. right? Yeah, at the very you're, least, you're in a good Logan spot Thomas. with Logan Thomas as well, right? So if you now have, if you back up a four man class in 2023 with another three man or more potential class in 2024, you're in a good spot. And here's the thing, spot. Ryan: it's premium positions. It's running back, it's corner, it's edge, right? Like when they were going into Texas before, they were getting good players, but it was like tight end Durham Smythe, tight end Brock Wright defensive end nana defense defensive tackle hunter spears who i loved in high school before his second knee injury like if he doesn't have that second knee injury i'm telling you what hunter spears has a completely different career at notre dame but it's those kind of guys i mean then the, when you were getting skill players out of texas it was like you know like Corey robinson one year and then like jalen brown at corner cam mcdaniel it wasn't like the premium skill guys kedron young is a premium skill guy to me right braylon james and and Jaden Greathouse and Caleb Smith were premium skill guys to me. Like if you that because we're talking about getting impact talent, right? So there's this notion of you know Florida produces more NFL talent than anybody, and and well that's not true. I had this in the article the other day. If you look at the last five drafts, do you know what state was number one in producing most NFL talent? You know the answer to this, Ryan. So it's a rhetorical I was, question. I was assume Texas. It, yeah. it, it was not Florida. It was Texas. They had 155. Florida was next with 150. 
The number three state, Georgia, was 108. So there's a big drop-off between Florida, Texas, and Georgia. Well, your Notre Dame's never going to make a killing in Florida. They're just not. I mean, it just that's just the reality of where we are now. They're just not going to – they'll get a kid here, a kid there, but they're not going to get seven kids in a three-year span like Notre Dame has a chance to do in the state of Texas. And and to get premium, because if they got seven, right, so let's say they get Kedron Young, and let's say they get Logan Thomas. Yep. In the three years since Marcus Freeman was hired, they would have landed seven – players from texas two running backs three wide receivers a corner and an edge rusher yep all premium skill talent big skill and the other type of skill right that's huge that says a lot where did ohio state get a lot of their premium skill talent in the last several years texas texas and it's not just the receiver class where's jk dobbins from right i mean so Ohio State was smart to do that. They got way ahead of Notre Dame in that in that regard, right, Ryan? But Notre Dame's at least catching up under Marcus Freeman, and they're making Texas a priority, something the previous staff never did and should have done. And and Ohio State proved that these kids will leave the state. These kids will go up to where it's cold because they're 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 smarter. They and there's parts of Texas that get pretty freaking cold. You know what I mean? It's just the reality of it. So you'll get these kids to leave the state much more than you'll you know excuse me to leave the South. Much yep. more so than you'll get from Florida because they're not. They may leave Florida, but they're a lot of them aren't going to leave the South. And and I think that's something that Notre Dame is figuring it out, figuring it out. So I'm to, looking forward to seeing that. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yep. Yep. When I th- I think I really do think that Texas can be very pro Notre Dame moving forward. Like I think that you can potentially get three to four guys out of Texas almost every single year if you're Notre Dame, because I think there is an attraction there. I do, because you talk about the school systems being better down in Texas. You talk about the allure and the prestige of football still being a paramount thing for the state of Texas and players that grew up there. I think that there is an allure to a place like Notre Dame, which I think that they're starting to prove over the last couple of cycles. They need to continue it. We'll